Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Gym Owners Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to talk about selling apparel in your gym. There's a lot of different factors that go into selling apparel, what it should be, how you're going to fulfill, how you're going to do designs, all that other stuff. And we want to present to you by the end of this episode so that you can kind of understand all of the different factors that apply to you regarding selling apparel and how you can make it make it work well for your business, how it is right now, and how it can be in the future. Before we get started, make sure you join the Gym Owners Podcast Facebook group. That is the Gym Owners Revolution on Facebook. That link is in our description. Uh, don't miss it. It's a resource for gym owners. We're putting together. We carry on conversations there. We have live episodes. We have some special things coming up inside the group that you're not going to want to miss. So make sure you get into the group. Link is in the description. Follow the podcast at the Gym Owners Podcast on Instagram. You can follow me at Tyler F. and Stone on Instagram. And John. At JBanksFL on Instagram. All right, let's get into it. Apparel, right? So everybody's gym carries apparel. You start at just basic. It's good to have people wearing your brand around town. It's nice. Uh, like most marketing, like physical marketing stuff that we see where we're giving, whether it's koozies or pens or shirts or whatever that stuff is. It starts in, in the beginning. It starts when you like start a brand and you have yeah. a gym or a business. You mean you get a logo, sold. Man. You can get sold just your logo on anything because it's cool. It makes you feel valid. Coffee mugs, all this unnecessary shit. Um, but apparel is a thing that's very common in gyms. I think I think you should carry apparel. I think you should sell it. I think it's something that you should do, but I think people really need to be careful where they go with it because the apparel business is a fucking nightmare from beginning to end. It is a constant management problem with demand and quality control. It is dog shit and there's not much money for it in the end unless you're charging a lot and buying a lot and i can say this for sure because we used to do this uh friends of mine started a company called massonomics years ago now shit seven eight years ago now um john actually we're both wearing massonomics shirts at the moment as well if you want to see so i can't take any credit for the designs tommy at tommy d creative he was one of our partners there at massonomics and he's the design guy he had a good eye for stuff and some of the shirts he did our logo he did all our logo stuff he did the logo for my gym if you're looking for logos and designs tommy d creative you can follow he's at tomahawk underscore d on instagram uh follow massonomics if you want to see all of his designs and all of his branding stuff tommy rocks but so it's good to partner with somebody like that for that project but tanner tommy and i with that business it was started out as we're gonna sell shirts but we don't know we're just strength training guys and we had a cool logo so how are we going to make anything out of this like it was it wasn't so what we started we had our, our logo on a shirt and then we don't know how we're going to build this brand we had no real plan this was back in the day where you could blog so you we do some written articles and we started the podcast and now massonomics podcast a few hundred episodes deep and they're doing doing very well but they've sold a i think literally a fuck ton of apparel if that's a metric, a metric that matters a metric, a metric fuck, fuck ton, ton. um <laughs> But the things about this that is very difficult with, and I've also sold apparel in my gym, um, is it's very tough to know how committed you need to be to it. Because here's the factors that go into carrying apparel. The first one is design. That's a big one, right? How are you going to design? Is it just going to be your logo? That can work kind of, except for it's only good for people that are kind of enthusiastic about your gym and want to wear it out. The shirt's got to be a nice cut. They got to be a nice fit. Are they for everybody? Right. Buying shirts, carrying shirts for, for women is very different than carrying shirts for men. By the way, we used to try with Massonomics. We'd always get asked, ladies cuts, ladies tanks, all this stuff. 
And every time we'd get samples in, we'd have like all of our wives and friends and females that we trained with try them on. And every one of them came back with a very different feedback. So it was just really hard to, there's not, women don't operate in this one size fits all world that us men can get by on. You know, we can get by on an athletic fit that fits okay, that doesn't shrink up and suck. That's kind of all dudes can get by on this. With women, it's different. So you end up carrying a lot of different variations, right? The other one is managing the demand is in sizes. So if you're ordering everything yourself and you're keeping it on hand, you're just going to guess, right? You're just going to guess what sizes people are going to buy and you're going to sit on a shitload of extras forever until somebody who's extra medium comes in and is interested in buying your stuff and now you got one of them off the shelf. So you end up sitting on an inventory that usually, especially in gyms, ends up kind of amounting to all the money you all the profits you're going to make that inventory kind of sits and carries on for a long time. There's not a ton of money to be made in shirts. If you're only making five bucks, six bucks a shirt and you got to sort them all and you got to put them all away. And you truthfully, you need to check. Oh, there's a lot of time. This is by the way, nothing we ever did with massonomics. Did we factor in our own time into the equation? Uh, Tanner still boxes up everything himself and ships them all out to keep it to the, in the gym aspect of it. One of the things that I think, helps mitigate demand if you're going to have on-the-shelf product, right? If you're going to do bulk orders is you do have to do pre-orders. In a perfect world, that's the best way you're going to know how many sizes you've got, how many sizes you need, and about what the size distribution is going to be. The biggest lesson I learned in my CrossFit gym was I was the only 2X and 3XL. <laughs> there's, a lot of, there's a lot of mediums going out the door that's just the opposite of the size distribution we were moving with Massonomics, which Massonomics sells more three, four, and five XL shirts than most brands out there in the world. Yeah. So this became very, very challenging in my gym. There was like, shit, now I've got, you know, we'd pre-order everything. So I'd know what my in-house people wanted. And that way, one, I got money up front. Two, I know the size distribution. And then I can just order some extras. And that is kind of the best way to do it if you want products sitting on the shelf behind you. It's pre-orders. But if I Google, like, I want to do shirts or something, Tyler, there's, like, fucking hundreds of people mm -hmm. on the first few pages. Yeah. How did you guys even know what to go with? So we started locally. We went with local screen printing shops. And for this is – I still believe this is probably – I don't know. This is this is where it gets tough. You have to make decisions. I think it's kind of the way to go because most screen printers suck. Most places <laughs> you're going to get screen reason, These the are the facts of the apparel business. If you're going to get screen printing done, they're going to suck. They are not the most enthusiastic employees. They're not a bunch of go-getters out there. So it's just not. They're not very high paid. So they're just getting it done. Okay, you're going to order 40 shirts, 50 shirts, 200 shirts, whatever that is. Um, you're just going to have some guy making $9 an hour who doesn't give a shit about his job is making it. And if there's a bit of an issue, he's going to fold it up and he's going to pack it in with the rest of them. And that is going to be what it is going to be. And quality control is a big, big, big issue. So we went from one local screen printing place and we just had a lot of fucking problems. It just, I think we were looking at almost like 10% five to 10% of the apparel we were ordering, oh, we were having to send back, which Man. sucks because it delays, it delays a lot of things, especially with pre-orders and shit. You hope that you ordered long so that you can have it. And that was frustrating. So you start having issues with the screen printing and quality control. It just ends up being, you get this pile of stuff, shirts that are stacked, and then you have to fold them for the shelf, which is going to be your new favorite job. 
and you fold them all up for the shelf and you have to inspect every single one. By the way, Tanner still does this, inspects every single shirt that gets folded to be shipped and then is stacked up by size. And you have to look at every piece nice. because nothing sucks more than sending a shirt out or putting it, having someone take it or they get one wash and the shit all comes. It sucks. That's a bad spot to be in. And it's not you. It's not your fault. Yeah. So when this happens, we you did the best. You have to communicate. You got to good have a good relationship with the people doing the printing. Um, and then we still had to pull the plug. So we went to another local spot. And guess what? They sucked too. <laughs> they weren't any good too. And we started asking around and we realized some of these businesses that had been in our town for a long time that didn't even do the volume that we did. Uh, they all said the same thing. It was like, yeah, we tried this. Everybody ask around in your business who does screen printing and who's hired them and who else they've used. And most likely you're going to find that nobody's very good at it. Nobody's very good and everybody ends up going to the next place and to the next place until they're all out of options, right? And then they find an online service. And, and Massonomics right now, they do their embroidery locally and they have an online place that does it all. It's not a place that you or I could go in and order. They require kind of high volume. Right, Massonomics right, right. sells a lot of gear now. So they kind of do this as a production service, if you will, for, you know, but you're buying tens of thousands of shirts a year now. So it's just a different game. Right. Um, <clears throat> so, and that's when, as a gym owner, if it was me, right, I would start to look at these other options, which is how can I solve all of these, everything I've described to you up to this point is time and headaches for fucking pennies, truthfully, right? It's just to keep my members happy, to give them something what else is, to engage in the gym. What is that metric? What is the metric that you kind of deem as, hey, this is kind of, you want to be making x on a shirt and you feel good about all that Listen, shit you just described yeah it's no the fact i tell every gym owner truthfully if you're going to get into shirts where you're going to do the work yourself no matter if let's say you mark up ten dollars a shirt it's probably still not worth your time <laughs> i mean it's not worth your time as the gym owner and if you have somebody else literally handling the correspondence by the way this is assuming that the designs just exist or someone else for free is just saying, here, make this. And just handling yeah. the email. Like all of it starts to suck. Everything about it starts to be laborious and just it's it's not the best. But you need your shit out there. So I'm not saying don't do it. So I'm like it, one. You but don't have to like, like it. Load, but, but at least <laughs> like what you're putting on it, though. Yes, like I think absolutely. that makes you more excited. Be like, Because a couple of the shirts that you've created, just you and I working together yeah. the last several years, you've come up with some designs where I'm like, I'm so fucking excited yeah, to see the shirt yeah. come because I'm excited about that design to exist on the garment. Yeah. And um, that's, and that's important that to know the logo. No, it's, and it can't just be your logo. This is a piece gym owners get into. It's important to have your logo and stuff. Right. And it was the thing we did with Mastonomics in the beginning too. It's right. It's your logo. It's great. You want people to represent your gym, but maybe try making something that somebody actually wants to wear. That somebody likes start with that. <laughs> A good cut, a good fit, a good color, a good, a cool design. And this was the thing. Let's uh, let me let's run you through kind of what designs popped for for Massonomics. Um, was the first yeah. one, John? You want to do a screen share real quick? I'm going to have you hunt down the lift shirt while I tell this story. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I got Can you. we do that on here? Um, so what we did was we started with our OG logo and we just kept trying to sell that shirt while we figured out what to do. And so we started building our brand. And doing a weekly podcast, and we did it forever and ever and ever and ever. And every once in a while, someone would buy a shirt, but the only people that would buy a shirt were well within our circle. People that knew us, people that liked us, people that thought 
whatever about us and they were just going to support the project and bless their heart. That's very much a lot of like what people are doing when they buy stuff from your gym. They're kind of throwing you a bone a little bit if it's just got your logo on it. Then Tommy continued to make designs. And then he got to the point where he had found, he had made this logo. We started doing these like parody beer logos, like this huge life, high life knockoff. And, um, and then the lift shirt. And this one was a design that just was, it just really popped. It was really cool. They put it on a cool color. And that thing was a thing where every time we would post about that on social media, people wanted the shirt. They didn't know who we are. They didn't know who we were. They didn't listen to the podcast. Our brand was not relevant to them, but that shirt moved the needle and we could tell. So we started using influencers, you know, bridging strategies where we would make contact with people in the space, big ass power lifters, you know, strong dudes. And we would just send them shirts. Yeah. So here's the shirt. If you're in the Facebook group, you can watch the video episode there um, and you can see the lift shirt, but it's, it's a dope shirt. It's a cool logo. It just is what it is. It's a cool brand. It's a cool design. The design was something that people actually wanted and had very little to do with massonomics. And that thing has sold many, 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 many thousands of shirts now at this point. And so that's the thing is eventually you're going to have to get beyond the point of making shirts to make money. And you are going to have to make a shirt to design something that's neat. So I think having design, how is that getting done? Are you doing it? Is it a good form of creative expression for you? Is that fun? Is it then yes, then you should do it. But then if you got to hire someone to make designs for you, now you start running into a cost. And let's just pretend that just costs a couple hundred bucks. Well, you got to sell a lot of shirts at making five, six dollars a pop to make a, to clear a couple hundred bucks, John, you muted. Um, yeah, just to break even then. Just like to break even. About, you know I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. lot of shirts. Yeah. And so that became the piece that we started looking at. I was like, okay, we got to start making stuff that people actually want to wear. And it's not all about our logo. And John and I, we've done, I've designed shirts for specialty programs for gyms and program launches and product launches and seasonal stuff for a lot of gyms. And we've got some cool stuff we've used that, I don't know, that's just, it's awesome because it's awesome, right? Yeah. But every single time I talk with one of the gym owners or someone else, they're like, okay, so I put my logo on the sleeve or I'm going to put my logo on the back or I'm going to slap my fucking logo here. I'm like, stop, stop. Yeah. Because the, especially Look if you're like a like CrossFit gym, no like, logo. You know what I mean? No, and there's no way to know. There's yeah, no way on the shirt you're wearing right now, there's no way to know it's a massonomic no shirt. It's a massonomic shirt. It's impossible. And this one has it, but it should be should be relatively Super subtle. Okay. And by the way, there's a time and a place to have your logo all over it, and I'm okay with it. But I'm saying people got to break that fucking thing that you – the same reason that somebody can come in and sell you a bunch of coffee mugs with your logo on it. That's about your ego more than it is about anything else. And it's like, oh, God, I got to have my brand on it. It's like, no, more people will buy the shirt and they'll like it. If somebody asks them about it, you can t they can tell you it's at my gym. The amount of yeah, – you see it on people's social media posts all the time. It drives me crazy where they just have to arbitrarily slap their logo like it's a watermark on it. And I was like, do you think people are stealing the photo of you fucking people in your gym exercise and trying to pass? It? What's the fucking point? And it just muddies things up and makes it look stupid. So worry about the, the quality of the look first. The fit. People like it. Is the design cool? That's kind of the first game that you should be playing. Now, I might as well give a couple of different ideas because you gave them Tommy and Tommy is a great option, but you really need to be able to come correct and be able to spend. You're Money. talking to somebody that knows what the fuck they're doing and when you yeah. really do that kind of thing like tyler said you're gonna need to spend money so what do you do if you don't have money and you don't have an overly creative coach or somebody that's inside of your your business that you can just have them make shit because a couple of the gyms that we've worked with have had that 
They yeah. had a coach that just loves doing the kind of shit, and it was perfect. It was like yeah. scratch that itch for him. If you can't, there's also there are things that are out there as far as getting designs, 99 designs, or you can go to Fiverr, or you can go to all sorts of those types of places where you can find VA work and be able yeah. to submit to people that want to be able to make logos and do those types of things. And you won't spend hundreds yeah. of dollars, but you probably want to spend, you know, between around that hundred dollar mark, like you said, spend that for much sure. Designs. Yeah. Yeah. To sp- but, and you're going to, that means you're still going to spend some time massaging mm-hmm. and working with somebody to come up with stuff, but you can find good shit that's yeah. out there. But like you said, you kind of build that in that time and that money that you're going to build into finding those. People. Yeah. And I also think the try to make it be, well, I understand other gyms that do the thing you do are not competing with you directly. So it's not like that big of a deal. There's nothing that I hate more than every year in summer when fucking Murph season comes around and all these CrossFit gyms where this it's the same fucking designs. They, they just grab a design that they saw was cool from someone else last. And I fucking cannot, I don't hate anything more than I hate that. It's like, Jesus Christ, are you even trying? That sucks. Be better than that fucking, especially for like a tribute workout. You're just going to like, it sucks. I just, I hate it. Either be it, make something cool, make it a real decent memorial or just make it slick, make it awesome, but make it something people want to wear. And Jesus Christ, don't make it something that 45 other gyms within a thousand miles of your spot have done. And that, I just, I really can't stand that at all. And so, and I get it. There's only, only so many patriotic stars and stripes and shapes, things that can be done, but I don't know, maybe you should try because this is supposed to be a tribute thing and you're just going into this being fucking a plagiarist. It sucks. But I think now you're going into kind of the next phase, which would be kind of my questions or where I would want to give um, feedback towards, which is what do you why do you have the excuse to make a shirt kind of it's, I think it's important. What is the reason? Have, yeah. Yeah. Why are you even making it? Because I think this is where we've seen gyms and have worked with places and groups and people that have been very successful with this strategy where you can have this, where now, it, you know, if you don't do it well, it can be a money suck. And the best case mm-hmm. scenario is you break even. And then on the flip side of that, you can now do something to where now you are, making money yeah by design by so using some of this apparel let's use a functional fitness gym as an example it's kind of a wheelhouse we're most familiar with but we have this works for many other things but there are seasons right there are seasons even in your sport so functional fitness you got murph for sure you sell a bunch of murph shirts every year some people just use it as a fundraiser to you know then you donate some or you donate half of the proceeds or whatever and that's fine um that's a good one to do i like also some sort of just summer um what's the word summer style apparel tanks that type of stuff you know make things just the generic tea works it's fine you know like a good quality tea but like you know tanks are nice for the summer some racer back stuff for the females usually i recommend doing at least two to three different cuts for the females um just to make sure that you fit people's different body types and people's desires uh the nice thing about if you're having screen printing done is as long as your the size is nearly the same right it actually doesn't you don't have to like order an extra 200 to get your price difference of every cut. Does that make sense? Right? So if I choose this design here and I can have it made and it fits right on men's shirts, on women's tanks, a women's tee, a different variation of a women's tee and a men's tank, 
that still kind of fits all my order minimums because it's the screen right. printing that is the thing. So, so you can get by, but you need to be, you need to kind of, if you have, don't have an eye for style, not just design, but like style of how something fits, you got to have somebody else to do this for you. I, I was terrible with this. I don't understand that game. I dress, I wear the same t-shirt cut t-shirt brand i wear the same exact pair of jeans in different colors and i have six pairs of the exact same shoe in different colors so that's it's kind of the world that i live in it's it's weird um but i had to find somebody else to do it and fortunately we had a partnership with one tommy would do stuff for us as well with tommy d creative and one of the companies we were with had a partnership with us because one of their uh, employees was a member of our gym so she would just help me pick the base shirt that was the big one. It's just like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Here's what happens anytime you go into a screen printing place and you want to get fucking shirts made is they hand you a Sandmar book that's it's so, has, it's a it's thousand ridiculous. pages and they, they literally will say, yeah, here you go. Look through here. Make good choice. And, and that is, by the way, I have gotten handed that book six times. I'll go and talk about hats here. And I'm like, well, fuck me. Come on. The, and so this the cool finally, one. that's, that's one of the yeah. cool ones. Yeah, like, I don't know, man, like what? (laughs) And then they'll have samples on the shelf, a few, but then Mm -hmm. that's kind of all you're choosing from. And does that separate? Is that something that's going to move the needle within your gym? I would like people, even though the same amount may buy just to support you, I would like them to buy because they really like it and will wear it. That's, that's kind of the thing I look into. So I did detach myself from that process and let somebody else tell me what's cool. And then we would just figure out if it worked money, time, fit, design, and all that other stuff. Again, every step that I'm talking about, you're just taking time from you as a gym owner to make fucking four to six dollars a shirt. That sucks, right? So again, keep that in mind every step of the way now that this is less efficient. So this is the piece I want to touch on efficiency in your entire process so we've talked fully about screen printing and you're going to have it done locally and you're going to go in and you're going to order you'll have clients pre-order and you'll take the money you make on the top to just order that basically all the profit you're going to make off their pre-orders you're just going to spend 100 percent of that money right so let's just say you make five dollars a shirt you sell them for 20 you can and should sell them for more but um it's five dollars you sell them for 20 get 10 people pre-order that's 200 you're gonna spend all 200 dollars. you're not going to spend 15 right that's what i'm saying you're going to spend all of that so you have some product on the shelf that's what i would do every time um problem is is then those all the people in your gym that wanted your shirts have them. And you just got to have them in case new people come in, maybe drop-ins, and they just sit there forever. And so you almost never get the money back out of it. And that's assuming you ever got your time back out of it. Yeah. So the other step, and this is the thing we've been working on a lot uh, lately with a couple, pro- a couple projects we're doing, is having online fulfillment and just doing your the client orders it themselves they get a little more options. Maybe they pay a little bit more, but they can order anytime. Uh, there is no sense of urgency, but they can get it shipped directly to their house. It's print to order. It just takes a little bit longer. That's all. And there's some options for that. I've bought products from like storefrontier.com before. So that's the platform we've been using to tinker with. And they allow you to just go in and you take whatever designs you want and as fast as you can upload them and select from their limited but decent quality they got next level shirts you know they ha- they have all of they check all the boxes they got tank shirts hoodies and high quality medium quality and low quality stuff you can select the price with which you sell and you can also give like you sell each product and you can also give up to three color options in each cut or type of shirt as well so with that we just put up with like seven designs for this mma gym the other day on store frontier 
I got, check it out. Go to storefrontier.com forward slash hub city, H-U-B-C-I-T-Y. You can see what the store looks like and you can kind of click around. But of each of those shirts or each of those designs, there's three or four different variations and each of those has three different colors to choose from. And so you have this wide array of offerings for people. And I spend no time folding shirts. You will spend no time doing anything else other than putting the thing into the store and getting money when it comes back to you and maybe promoting it on social media or sending the link marketing it to your actual members. That, I think, kind of change, shifts the paradigm a little bit. And they also do an offering where I, you can do um, you can do bulk orders if you want for yourself. You can make a design. You can select a thing. You know, it's like all things, the quantity kind of dictates the, the margin. But, like, it's not, it's not terrible. Um, so you could do that if you want to have some product on the shelf. So the strategy I would recommend that kind of, that people use is yeah, just put some stuff there. It's, it's, by the way, it's no risk. So if you make a design, that's a dud that sucks that nobody wants. And you spent, when I was ordering shirts from my gym, we would spend anywhere from one to $2,000 per order, give or take. And that's just money coming right. You know, that's, that just ends up kind of being a lot of money to part with knowing that I may break even, you know, it's just playing a long game. But if I launched a design that nobody wanted, suck. These shirts would sit on the shelf forever. So this way allows you to no risk, just roll out designs. If people like it, they can get it. If they don't like it, they cannot. You can still do your seasonal stuff too. Let's say you do a Murph shirt or uh, some sort of Christmas or Halloween themed or whatever it is you want to do. You can do all that stuff via somewhere like Store Frontier and then just tell everybody, hey, this product, we're not going to sell it after on this date. So you got to order buy this to get it on this day, and then we'll, we're going to pull it from the store. You can still do urgency that way. So that is an interesting solution to solve the time crisis, the time and the demand issue. You give up a little bit of extra money, but you can't just raise your price. You know, everywhere you're going to go online, you're scared. You're not buying a good quality t-shirt for less than $24. You're just not. And you're probably going to spend upwards of 30 so here, by the way, the quality of shirts that we get all of these from, you know, you have it pulled up. Nice. So this, if you're, if you're in the Facebook group, you'll be able to see this when we publish the video episode, but this is a store for one of the gyms where we hub city MMA. And we just slapped a bunch of these designs on here. Everyone, every shirt that you're seeing here comes in three different colors at least. And also John, if you scroll up, you can select like all the different cuts as well. So you can go to the, for everything from tie dye to go to the raglan tee. So each one of those designs that you're going to pull up here is going to show uh, three different colors. And so there's just, it's really, really nice way to have a very diverse offering of products without having to like fucking do the whole launch and fold and quality assurance and all this stuff. Now I bought a couple things from them. A couple other places we've worked with have bought products from them. The print quality seems nice seems okay the shirt quality you get to pick you know when you when you build your store so i think it's a solid solution if it's something you guys want to tinker with it's pretty much low risk unless they totally suck and your reputation goes to shit but it is like kind of a low it's cost no money to start we talked about last week the reason i liked that supplement launch strategy using an affiliate program first is if you don't have any money well this is a way you can just start bringing in money you, know, you don't got to produce. You don't got to front up a bunch of cash. So if things are tight and you're looking for options to just get stuff moving, this is a way to have people that come into your gym get to choose from 30 different products, or f you know, 50 different products without you having to have $50,000 worth of screen printing done and 
200 hours of your time in order to get all this shit on the shelf. So that's the, that's the, that's the online fulfillment version. I would not go any further than that. If I was going to have anyone fulfill online, like do not build your own store on your own platform on your own website. It's not worth the time. Don't manage your own Shopify stuff to be packing and shipping and, you know, counting your own inventory. That's the hardest thing too. If you're going to have stuff on the shelf is you kind of should keep track of it. You know, you're a business. Uh, you kind of should know what you have on the shelf, what's selling. You got to process every sale. This just puts it all in one place, and it just makes it easy. Instead of managing all the stuff, you just get a check. It actually just get money transferred to you via PayPal at the end of each month. But they handle everything, and it's yeah. So that's that's the thing that I would recommend. I don't know, by the way, that that is superior. If you got the money and you have a good relationship with a printing screen printing company and they do good work and you've got a process in in play where you can like you can do all those things without having it be such a time suck go for it because it's great to have product on the shelf i think no matter what you do even if you do the store frontier thing i think at some point when you get a little flush for cash you should have some of your coolest stuff on the shelf just a few because anytime you have events or drop-ins or new people in there you can sell a lot of apparel apparel is best sold on impulse because let me go about this this way. I've, we've done a lot of seminars, John, you and I. We've been to a lot. We've put on a lot. Sure. We've hosted a lot. And every seminar that I've ever been to <laughs> has been a missed opportunity for people to sell shirts. That's where it really is. If you had shirts, even if people paid to be there, they would all buy shirts. I was at the grappling seminar this weekend. These guys didn't have their own brand. They weren't even they didn't even own gyms, but they were just some guys that were um, you know, black belt guys that put on an educational product. So when we went there to do the thing, if they would have just had shirts like from their gym, we'd yeah. probably bought it. You know how it is. You drop into a new gym, you'll buy a shirt from there if it's if they got one in your size, even if it's not that cool. This is the same thing as how like we had. Tea. Yeah, it's like a band concert tease, but they go for 50 bucks now these days. Um, but a ton of different. people are going to fucking buy them because shit, I'm here. Yeah, it's like selling so shirts here. at Expo. Like going to the Arnold, uh, Massonomics was so, set up the booth and sold it at the Arnold. One of, one of the people that kind of inspired them to do that was uh, Nick Robson from Live Large. Um, sure. You can follow, uh, God, what is it going to be? I should find him. Let me look him up real quick. Anyway, Nick owned uh, Live Large Fitness, still owns Live Large Fitness, and he was one of the first guys that was at, um, he's Ohio style Nick. Um, because now he has a bunch of Ohio style pizza restaurants, Ohio pie company, oh, Nixon OG right. though, but Nixon OG live large is a pretty big brand as well. And kind of talked about how he did his fulfillment and how he was doing stuff off the shelf as well. And he kind of cut his teeth. He would go in Ohio. There's a lot of powerlifting meets and he was, he would go to every powerlifting meet he could. He would just load a shit ton of apparel. It was all, uh, all inventory. You know, so he would just lug it up there and set it up, but you know, he would sell a ton of them and it's great for the brand to be present. His, now your gym, this isn't necessarily, don't go this far unless maybe you want to, but like this strategy works so well for him because people were at there and they're hanging out. Even if they're not competing, they're just there and the competition shirts suck and there's only one of them and you usually get one when you sign up. And so people would go there and buy two, three, four t-shirts of his because it was cool. They right. were cool. They'd buy one for well, someone else. Okay. And he would just come away with thousands and thousands of dollars every weekend. And you're present and you've endeared yourself to those people. So while that's maybe not relevant to you as a gym owner, um, those principles, I think, were really were interesting. And then he would set up at the Arnold. 
And so the Arnold was the big one and he would essentially pay, he would take out, uh, I won't use numbers to, he would, he would spend all of the money that he had. I think he mortgaged his house one year to do it, but then he would make enough money in one weekend to where all of the inventory he needed to buy for the entire rest of the year was covered and paid for. And he didn't have to worry about much else. And then everything beyond that weekend was profit. But so that type of thing, that being present, that that psychology of people just buying a thing because they're there, but expos and stuff like that, it works. And that's why I think you should have some product on your shelf because it's an impulse buy. If you have seminars in your gyms or competitions, sell your competition shirt. That's great if you're going to make sure it's competition. But you should probably also let people buy. So she have cool designs. People will buy the stuff if you have it on the shelf. If you have someone come and do a seminar and there's people from away in from away outside of your area who aren't members. Like those are opportunities to where, you know what, you could walk away with an extra couple hundred bucks, two to 500 to maybe a thousand dollars worth of sales out the door, which is it's low hanging fruit, especially if the shit's just sitting on the shelf. Like I think it's an opportunity that you should look into. Well, that's the way to reverse engineer, right? The Arnold or the powerlifting meet is that your gym should be doing things yeah. that are community related that invite people into your community. You know, a lot of people that we work with, they have gyms that are in industrial parks. They have gyms that aren't on. Now we do have some folks that do have gyms that are on right on fucking main street and are yeah. on the main drag and you have great visibility. We have other gyms that it's like, that's a rapey part. Yeah. We have a friend of a gym. Town. It's just in like storage units and there's no signage anywhere. And it's like, Man, you're going to scare the shit out of people if this is their first <laughs> drift around your neighborhood, man. Right. And so in order – so how do you combat that, right? And we've done a lot of different episodes about how you do in-person human shit to network and actually interact with people that are in your neighborhoods and your community because, you know, remember, like you want to actually help those people. Well, you have to also do events to bring them to you. Mm-hmm. And so we have another uh, gym we're working with. Who's going to have, right? We recorded this. This is a week, you know, essentially before Halloween. And there's going to be, he's going to have a kick-ass Halloween event at yep. his gym that he has brought in, right? The local DJ. DJ, dance party, whole, lights, the whole thing. Yeah. The whole thing. And it's going to be a monstrous fucking event. And as we were meeting with him this week, the question that I asked, Tyler, you were off the call. I said, great. So you guys have like a really sweet like Halloween <coughs> shirt, right? For the gym, because you're gonna have all these people. He's like, oh fuck me, and I'm like, well, and it's yeah. on the list for next year. And that's where yeah. you can kind of manufacture these days or these events. So whether it's a powerlifting event or it's gonna be a community event or whatever it is, you can do those things that are oftentimes can be centered around holidays. But it can be things where you can have the excuse to create the excuse to create something awesome. Yeah. That's then limited time to bring it doesn't have to, to you. do with your business's logo necessarily either. It can just oh. be fun. You know, for this guy, you have a shirt like this, you know, uh, you have a, an event like this, which is just a party and you just sell. I partied at blank, blank gym. And all I got was a stupid T-shirt. Sure. And Absolutely. you know what? If the fits right, it's funny enough. I'd probably wear it. Fuck it. Right. I'd buy it if I was there partying. I'll tell you that. How many? And that's important to know is that people will just, you need, if people are there, 
they will buy things that are around. This is why, again, we sell supplements because they're just looking to invest in that part of their life. It's in the things they're doing. Again, things don't have value. You don't do things because they have value. They have value because you do them. So I'm in a space. I'm hanging out there a lot. If anything that they have to sell at some point, I'm just going to be there willing to give more energy into the space, meaning I'll just buy some shit that they have there. It just is what it is. This is the, uh, the impulse buy section of the grocery store on your way out where they just start stuff and shit oh yeah i could i need this you know what i need is a phone charger that i'm gonna fucking hate because it's so low quality and charges slow <laughs> you know what I mean? but i need a charger and that's the one you buy there just because okay but you can do a better job on the quality side of it but i think you need to give give people opportunities to buy and we don't just sell fitness we don't just sell memberships we have all these people here for that so how else can we what's the word bolster is that the word how else you can we prop this up? Is that a word? Yeah, I don't you, even know. I, I you couldn't fortify your that. business by having yeah. enough things that are going to be helping ultimately make you more money. The fact is we started this podcast going very hard and we don't talk about it as hard now, but it's stop selling memberships. Stop having the stop having memberships be the answer, right? We talked about ending the endless relationship. If all you have to offer to somebody is a forever relationship that is with you till the end of time. That's going to be hard for you to be able to grow your business because eventually you run into the same issue that everyone runs into, which it's is hard to sell because I don't want to get married to anyone else. I'm already married. I don't want to come in and be like, oh, I got to spend my life now in this gym and purpose. Fuck me, man. All right, sell me the results I want. Sell me the experience I want. And then I'll continue to, to renew. And by the way, that does mean, yes, people are going to buy memberships, but it means you got to do more than that. You got to be better right. than that. You got to frame it differently. It's very important. There's one other thing that I've seen get talked about quite a bit. It actually comes from the gym launch folks, but specifically from the supplement side of the business. And um, it's reciprocity and the power of, right? So when somebody walks in, when you walk into a fancy hotel, they will give you, right? Like a free bottle of water when you walk in or two free bottles of water. Well, that's a, that's a massive loss. <laughs> it's a massive loss. They're yeah. just giving away free shit. But the fact is, is that I have bought more items, more beer or more liquor, more whatever from that, that hotel's lobby for the folks that give me the free water. I guarantee you I buy more shit from them because of that fact. And it's not because I'm consciously saying I need to now pay them back because they gave me free water. It just is. It sets me in the proper mindset psychologically where I'm feeling cared for. And now I'm more open of being of, in, I don't know, fucking enjoying myself or doing whatever. The same thing applies for shirts is if you have shit that's around that you've invested in that are cool or things that are those, when someone becomes a new member, man, if you have a new member pack where people get some, some swag or get some shit that like they can get, that comes with that membership, there's a huge feeling of reciprocity or, mm -hmm. or belonging and community ship that you're just missing out on. If people have no, they're not endeared to your business whatsoever. Yeah. Well, and then endearing them to the brand is important. And it's also right. like, if in this case here in swag bags or whatever that is, or whatever it is you give out to new members, that's, that's great as well. You can give that away. Um, the other side of this is you can, your apparel is also a way for people to, 
this it doesn't the apparel doesn't have to be the water in this analogy right the apparel can also be the beer and the other things you buy because absolutely let's say you go through and you're doing you have your membership and you have a very nice experience a client experience from the time they find out about you everything's very premium and about them and they feel they're they're impressed right they get done and they sign up and they join your gym and they come in and they start training and you're a passionate coach and you're good at what you do and you're all the things that you have to have in order for us to be, even be interested in working with you, frankly. I don't work with fucking passionless projects. I give no fucks about that at all. But if you're good at all these things and you want to be, right, and you over-deliver when you coach and you over-deliver on your product and you deliver results, that is the water. And then these people right. are going to sit around and they're going to go, what else can I do to support this project? What else can I do? What can I help? Can I buy some stuff? Can I can I buy shirts? Can I buy some supplements? What else? Can, uh, let me just, whatever I can buy, let me buy from you. And those of you that are worried about trying to move more memberships, the problem is, is you have all these people in there. If you're good at what you do, they want to give you more. Mm-hmm. And they can't because you don't fucking sell anything else. You, I mean, all you got to do is have something. Have it's, something because they want to give you something because you're good at the thing. But you you can't just charge them more. You can't just say, oh, you think we've done a good job? Perfect. Pay twice as much for your membership. That's not how it's going to work. So if you don't have some of these other things to offer, even people will show gratitude by joining your specialty programs or joining challenges. That's ways that they participate and engage. But if you're just selling memberships, you're fucking missing out on all of it. You've literally described the exact reason I bought the only red shirt I own from the gym that I trained at. Because they don't sell anything else. They told me, and they don't even talk to you about it hardly. They don't talk to me about anything ever about all any of the things ever at at all. It, but I happen to see the T-shirt form by the water fountain with the QR code, and I'm like, oh, sweet, that looks one. The design was cool, and I'm like, all right, I will buy that because I like this gym. I like what they're all about. Like I've enjoyed my time here. It's and by the way, way from the you back. kind of like this gym. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're not like this is the no. best. You just, but no. you kind of like this gym. You're there. Right. You go there. You'll buy they the leave stuff. Me the fuck alone. They leave yeah. me alone. They just let me lift. Like it's, yeah, yeah. You absolutely. don't like live there. You're not like going out with it. This, this isn't a. It's not a fully engaged place. So those of you that have an engaged membership, no, this is true. Christ, it's a very. You know what I mean? Point. You're missing out on a lot. Let tell me about tell me about what else you they have there that you don't buy there that you bought somewhere else. Subs. Oh, they have supplements there. Yeah. I think they're on the they, shelf kind of they're just sit when I walk through the front door, they just sit to the left and there's a big thing away and a smaller thing of something else. And it's the same two, two bottles that are always sitting there. They've never talked to me about them. They very well could just be one of the coaches own stash. <laughs> that's always sitting there that hasn't moved. But the fact is because they've never they, sent you an email about it, but they've, they've never, never said a word. No forms that are on the wall, no QR code for me to learn more, no nothing about anything. So sure enough, when I was like, hey, I've used up all the supplements we had in, in the house and wife's like, we need to get some way or we need to get whatever. I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't go to the gym to figure it out because they made it so inaccessible that there was nothing for me to do. So immediately I'm like, well, hey. One of the guys that we work with, we've just got them rolling with a company. You know, fuck, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go buy supplements from him from their affiliate link. So at least, they, link. at least they get some money. Well, that so, then, how crazy is that? That your spot in Virginia, 
all they had to do was ever say anything to you about it once. Like, hey, did you know you can buy this machine? If you ever want some, just Nothing. let us know. They've said so little about it that you order it via an affiliate link from a gym in South Dakota. Just because it's right. like they have it, you know them. That that's what that's. And, and by the way, I that saw the pictures. I saw the ads. I saw you guys. I saw us put out like the ads and shit yeah. for like, hey, they got the new supplement launched. I'm like, hey, that's you know who awesome. sells supplements. Yeah, and so they, they type it. So those are the things that you need to be understand. It's not about apparel, right? Everything I've laid out, of course, it's about apparel and efficiency and profit margins and time in and time out and finding the best way to fulfill. But all of those, everything that leads up to that is just a way to like set yourself up to maximize on that simple thing about human buying, human behavior and their buying habits. And that buying habit is just like, I like you. You do good for me. I'd like, let me buy some stuff. I'll wrap it. I'll wear it around. It's a very American thing, by the way, that every shirt we wear has a brand on it. Every shirt, it is Nike or it is my gym or it says a thing. And when I moved overseas, there's a lot less of that. I realize there's people like, like my friends that have like a nice blue shirt and then a nice red shirt. You know what I'm saying? Like it was just like, but I'm like, I realized that being a human billboard is a very idiocracy American thing that I, I really identified with when I lived overseas because everything, I couldn't just have a nice fitting shirt. It said rogue on it. It said, I lift right. weights all my stuff all my shirts say i lift weights sometimes i party and then every once in a while there's a i dress up nice is what the shirt says but most of them just say i lift weights i buy this product i do this i you're always saying something about yourself i go to this gym i like have these interests it's a weird thing but it's it's a part of culture it's part of human nature so let people spend money with your gym just let them and do this in a way that i think the biggest takeaway from here is Make sure you know that this will be a time and money suck and it won't be super rewarding as long as it is inefficient. And so find a way to make it efficient. If you've got interns who need to fold shirts and check through stuff and want to make the phone calls back or like, hey, yeah, five of these got to go back. The fucking ink's scraping off. Oh, okay. You know, that's, you can do that. If you've got interns, you got people you need to fill their day, go for it. If it's you as a gym owner doing it, that's rough. You're folding shirts as a business owner. You're folding shirts to make, if you're lucky, three to eight dollars a shirt, depending on how many you buy. It might be two or three. If you're not buying, if you're buying 25 at a time, you're going to eat your hat or your clients are going to be paying through the roof. So I don't know. That's my experience in the apparel business, I guess. And there's a lot more. Maybe at some point we'll have, uh, maybe we'll bring Tanner on or something to talk to him about that side of it in the distant future. Because they run on a much larger scale, but there's lessons to be learned there that are beyond, you know, like literally how he manages inventory, how he does this process beginning to end is is a lot. And how it started from then to now is a pretty interesting story. So <laughs> maybe we'll roll that out at some point. So uh, but that's got us wrapped up for today, guys. Join the Facebook group. Tell us about the apparel you sell. Tell us your successes. Tell us your failures. Tell us coolest designs you've had. Uh, yeah, let's let's hear about it. I'd love to hear about it. It's, it's a business I'm very passionate about because having spent some time in it, and I've seen a lot of people, every brand, here's the thing I learned, in podcasting too, every brand that starts a podcast that can't figure out how to make money on their podcast, what they start doing is, I'm going to start selling shirts I'm like, all right, you're going to be fucking poor for a long time. This is not going to work. It's just not going to like it can, but it doesn't. No. So everybody's like short term thing, like like short, short sighted solutions. Well, to start selling apparel. It's like nobody's interested in your brand. So they're not going to buy apparel from you. You better get real good at design then. Or something. Right. And so anyway, 
yeah. So it's a rough business. It's you don't want it to be the centerpiece of your thing. This is why I always discourage podcasters from getting too excited about it when they're when they're doing their launch stuff. I was like, yeah, it'll just be a part of a thing. Like I don't, you know. But for you as a gym, it should be a part of your thing because you got people in there. They want to spend. Give them something to spend it on. It's a viable option for the fitness business. Follow the Facebook group. Uh, join the Facebook group. Links in the description. The Gym Owners Revolution link is in the description. Follow the show at the Gym Owners Podcast on Instagram. You can follow me at Tyler F. and Stone. That's Tyler E-F-F-I-N Stone. And John? You can follow me at JBanksFL on Instagram. Groovy. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next week.